Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, June 10th, 2018. The sheer ID numbers for Friday, June 8th, are the following. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 11516. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 11518. That's 11,518. This morning, A Vision for You presents Sometimes Quickly, Sometimes Slowly. All of us have come to this program as a result of the suffering, despair, and hopelessness we experienced in our disease of compulsive overeating. Beaten into a state of reasonableness, we come to the realization that we are doomed. This experience of powerlessness becomes the driving force of desperation to be ready and willing to do anything which will free us from the bondage of our affliction. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous represent a process of spiritual transformation. We are changed, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, into a spiritual way of life, and a new world comes into view. Joining us today is Pete B., a recovered compulsive overeater from outside Philadelphia. Pete is dedicated to our 12-step way of life, and he's here to share his story of experience, strength, and hope with all of us this morning. And welcome to the line, Pete B. Thank you, Leah. Are you able to hear me now? I do. I hear you loud and clear. Nice. Well, thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and grateful to be here. Um, and I'm starting my timer outside of Philadelphia, as another one of our respected fellows uh, of another city. But in any case, so um, I'm going to do the best I can to talk for the, the amount of time. I don't know what you're going to get. I just want to preface everything that I'm going to say. If you hear something funny or clever or you know, uh, sounds impressive. Most likely I heard it from somebody else. Um, I, I can't really recall an original thought that I had since entering the 12-step recovery program, but uh, I'm just going to do the best I can to uh, to share a little bit about me and a little bit about what happened and, and what things are like today as a, as a recovered individual. And, uh, you know, um, you'll hear in my story, you know, why I, why I kind of phrased it sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, because um, I, hopefully it'll just become evident. And, and I didn't really uh, prepare anything um, and just thought it would be a good talk. I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'll also start off by saying I, I'm, I am so super impressed by the uh, collective wisdom and experience that I've heard in a vision for you, it, it's really, you know, been, been uh, life-changing for me. And, and uh, so really cool to be a part of uh, this fellowship. And, um, you know, like I like to start out, like, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know, I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened. All I know is that it happened, but some way, somehow I connected uh, the, this, a sense of ease and comfort from taking in something outside of myself, right? So, some food. I don't know. I, uh, like, I, I like to think of it like I was imprinted. You know, I, I know like when I was a baby, I was restless. I was tired. I was scared and I screamed out and, and, and I got a bottle and, and I guess I somehow I connected that bottle 
to uh, to ease and comfort. And um, you know, regardless of the situation, I guess I knew if I if I got unsettled and I and I whined loud enough, I was going to get a bottle. And um, you know, it's funny. You know, growing up, I, I can remember as a baby. Um, they always told me, oh, he's such a good eater. He's such a good eater. He's just such a good eater. He's such a good eater. And then all of a sudden, third, fourth grade, wow, he's really eating too much. You know, there's really, he's too, he's too big. We have to do something about that. I hear those, I hear those, those conversations going on in the background. And I, you know, I was, I was aware that, you know, my weight, my size was, was becoming a problem. I was not like other people. You know, my, I, I've, I've, uh, heard stories that my my father saying that you know when I would I have a sibling he's a couple years younger than me and he would have a bottle and I was already eating food, and my father said that I always used to take the bottle from my from my brother I would just take it out of his hands and I would I would drink it and it was formula, and and nobody could understand why I did it so one day my father tasted it and he just couldn't he just commented on how awful it was you know so. I wasn't, I wasn't, obviously wasn't taking it for the taste. I think somehow I was connecting it to the, to the, to what it was doing for me. That, that fact that it was providing some level of ease and comfort. Yeah, I was, I, I always felt, you know, like growing up, I could just always remember I, w- I was, I was bigger than most of the people my age and in my neighborhood. Um, and for whatever reason, I was somehow treated differently until people who were my size, who were older, treated me in like, a, like I was inferior. And I was always fearful. I was always unsettled. I was always needed more, you know, more attention, more things. And I acted out in different ways and became, you know, either funny or threatening or these things. You know, at the same time, there was there was a lot of, uh, you know, I was, I grew up in, uh, um, uh, in Long Island and, um, you know, I grew up in a, in a, uh, blue collar neighborhood, you know, with a lot of kids and a lot of things. And there was a lot of, there was just a lot of, it was an unsettled environment. There was a lot of things, you know, there was a lot of alcohol, there was a lot of substance abuse, there was a lot of sex, there was a lot of things going on that I just didn't understand that made me feel unsafe. And I knew from a very young age that I found comfort in foods. You know, I can remember being in, you know, third or fourth grade and I'd come home from school and I would, I would look at the label of a pound cake, you know, a regular like pound cake, it was one pound. And I'd say, wow, if I eat this, I'd only gain one pound. You know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get that from TV. I didn't get that. I don't know where I got that from, but I just knew that there was that, that I ate too much, but I couldn't stop myself from starting to eat. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I think by nature, um, I'm just somebody that can use, that can take advantage of a situation and, and, and make the most of it. You know, what, what I know about what, what I know is that the messaging, nobody taught me this. This is just what I picked up. The messaging I received around food was if it was around everything is going to be okay. If it was withheld or if it was scarce, there was shame associated with that. There was, there was an unsettled or uncertain feeling associated with that. And I just knew that I wanted food to be around. Like, I can't even tell you, like I knew growing up that 
You know, if I got up on Saturday morning and I smelled bacon, there's a pretty good chance that it was going to be okay today. There's a pretty good chance that there wasn't going to be fighting or disruption or discord, right? Or if I, but if I got up, you know, and I didn't smell anything, I knew that I had to kind of walk on eggshells. I was going to be unsettled. It was going to be scary. I, the smell of coffee did the same thing, although coffee was pretty much a regular thing, you know. Um, I could, you know, as, as, when I got into when I got into Overeaters Anonymous, I realized, you know, like I, I, the 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 one the time that I could pinpoint that I felt the safest was on Saturday morning, sometime between like eleven and one o'clock, and that would be the day if everything was going okay that my mom would come home with a carload full of groceries. And it was the only time that I wanted to help doing anything around the house. And I loved going outside and taking those bags in and putting them on the kitchen kitchen table. And we'd unpack them and we'd fill up the counter, fill up the the, the table with all of these foods that I was going to eat for that week. And it was just the the sense of ease and comfort and the almost certainty that I was going to get what I needed was just indescribable. I I don't know if normal people react that way. Now, I grew up in a household where, you know, I'm 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 the only one that has this condition, and they my my siblings didn't react the way that I did, and and that's just that's just the way that it goes. The only other story that I can relate to that you know that, uh, another story is that I can I could always remember how food, you know, food was a where I was growing up like certain foods they were like status symbols, right? There were certain things that they sold that you just you know you couldn't get your hands on. And I could, I, and I remember, man, I wanted to save up my money to buy this five-pound bag of pistachio nuts from this department store that um, that was close to my house. I could just always remember, man, if I could just afford to get those nuts, it would be something different. It was like, it was just like food just did something to me and made me feel a certain way that just was, you know, indescribable. I think normal people or normal leaders don't feel that way. You know, I had, I had. I had always had countless in my mind, had always countless diets and plans and strategies that I tried to, that I tried to implement that was going to somehow, some way make me eat less and get down to a normal body size. I would go to, you know, garage sales or discount stores and I would buy clothes that were too small and I would keep them in hiding in my, in my room. And I would try to get down to that weight that I would fit into those clothes because none of my sizes were the same sizes of anybody else that I associated with you know like I, w- I was pu- I was attaching meaning and thoughts to to body size and things like that was that were just unhealthy you know um you know as I as I got older and things became more turbulent more unsettled at home think you know I I started to I started to get a, a more freedom I started to be able to make my own decisions about what time I can, how late, how late I can stay out, who I associated with, and all of those things. And you know, for me, my story involves, um, you know, I found another substance that also provided a euphoric feeling, um, that but also lowered my inhibitions and my fears and my and my concerns quite a bit. And that was alcohol. And I started to use alcohol, not not any different than most of the people I associated with, but I just, you know, I found, I found uh, that drinking helped alleviate 
the way that I was feeling and the fear and the concern and, the, you know, just the general uh, uneasiness that I was experiencing. And I, and I, and I used alcohol um, casually, sometimes excessively. Um, but when, what, what, what I didn't realize what was going on is that there was something inside me that made me different than my, my fellows or the other people around me. Like I, I had in me this physical reaction to uh, alcohol and food that other people didn't have. Like I never, I never, I was never full. There was never enough. The only time that I ever would stop drinking after I started drinking was when I fell asleep. And that would, I would just, I would just start and I would just keep going until I could no longer be physically awake and I would fall asleep. And I did the same thing with food. And, and um, it, you know, what, what I've learned through, through the 12 step recovery programs that I'm involved in is that I had an abnormal allergic reaction to the substances I was putting in my body. And alcohol became a pressing problem. At the same time, I was going to school and I was so big and I was, I was uh, uh, tall and big and I was, I was an athlete. And I became, I became uh, a, a prominent athlete in my, in my neighborhood and I got a, a scholarship to college and I became a, you know, I was a power lifter and like all of these things. Like I, I was a power lifter where I didn't have a weight class and, you know, eating eating, consuming, and my body weight became a competitive advantage. And I would drink and I would eat and I would get in trouble and all these things would go on and I, you know, I would, I would course correct and I would, I would will my way back into, you know, where I was supposed to be. And, you know, all the while, uh, you know, this, this phenomena of craving and this mental obsession was dominating my life. I was putting so much effort into trying to stay on course. And I had no idea that I was in the grips of a fatal progressive illness uh, that only gets worse, you know, and, and the, the cunning, baffling and powerful aspect of this disease is that I would have, you know, periods, eight months, nine months, everything would be fine. You know, I'd go on a diet, I'd lose weight, I'd control things. And then I would come to a situation where I think to myself, man, I was just making too much of this. I was just, that was, a, that was, you know, I, I made too much of that last incident. I should be fine. And I would, and I would pick up and go back to my, uh, whatever, whatever substance it was, you know, my, you know, I, 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 I wound up, I, I found up, you know, if I fast forward, um, I found myself in a, in a predicament where at the time it seemed as though my scorecard read zero and I, I just had to, I had to do something to, uh, I had to do something for relief. And I, and I, uh, started, uh, calling the AA helpline and I, um, wound up, you know, kind of like dipping my toe into Alcoholics Anonymous for a while, but I wound up drinking again. Um, and, uh, about uh, probably three to four years later, my scorecards really read zero. You know, like I was, I was, I was trolling the, I was trolling my bottom. You know, I'd have, you know, a couple weeks of where things were okay and a couple weeks where they weren't okay. I was living, you know, with my parents, you know, it was humbling. I'm in my late twenties. I'm working, 
you know, I, I couldn't work a regular job, so I got a job working in a nightclub. And really, all I had to do working at a nightclub was stand up and look tough and and uh, and drink. And and I found I couldn't even do that. I was, you know, for the most part, unemployable. And uh, there was a, 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 a something happened in my family that required me to straighten out, and I couldn't straighten out. I I just I just couldn't stop myself from doing the things that were causing all of the problems in my life. And I wound up relocating and, and, uh, and uh, started going to Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and uh, when I was uh, really going to Alcoholics Anonymous, like attending meetings and this type of thing. And, I, and, I, and I, I really, at this point in time, I was so much desperation, like I really jumped in. I mean, I got somebody, I went to, I went to a meeting and um, I found a guy and I, I knew, I knew about Alcoholics Anonymous from my other experiences and from other people in my life, you know, tell me about it. And there was, I went to this meeting and there was a guy in this meeting and he, after the meeting, he came up to me. I told, I said, I'm, uh, you know, I introduced myself and uh, he came up to me afterwards and said, Hey, I'm going to be your sponsor. And uh, he took me around the corner to this recovery house and he, and he got me a big book and he told me that the, he told me that the, the, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is in the first 164 pages in the doctor's opinion of this big book. And if you want to get sober, you'll, you will, you will uh, you know, get yourself into this book and start applying this stuff to your, to your recovery. And I said, sounds good to me. I went home after that meeting. You know, it's funny. I, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, pretty much in, in desperation at the time, you know, had all kinds of financial trouble, all kinds of, all kinds of difficulty. And, you know, the, the, my thinking after I left that guy was, was, uh, uh, well, he probably just needed a ride to the next meeting. That's the only reason why he was talking to me. It was really strange how, you know, I could feel, I could feel like I am, you know, at the bottom, the bottom of the barrel, but then at the same time, I'm thinking all this person wanted was something from me. And it was just, just really odd defense mechanisms that I had. But in any case, you know, I, 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 uh, I went home, I started reading the book and I read the doctor's opinion and I kind of started relating a little bit. And, um, the next day I went to, uh, I, I called them, I called this person who's my sponsor and I, yeah, we, we made arrangements and I picked them up and we went to this meeting and this meeting was in a church in a, in a shore town in New Jersey. And it was a, uh, prior to the summer starting and there were like five or six people in this room. It was a big round table. And the, my, my friend said, hey, this is Pete. It's his first meeting. It's his first week. He just put down the drink. And everybody, you know, they say, well, we're on the eighth step. But, but since you're here, we're going to make it a first step meeting. And I said to myself, oh, God, this is cool. They're, they're really welcoming me. And they read the first step. And then they went around the room. And each person told me how important I was and how great their life was and how much all they were interested in doing was helping me. And and I started feeling, you know, a little bit better about myself, a little bit optimistic. I felt like, you know, there was hope here, like something can happen. And then it got around to the last guy in the circle before, before it was me. And this guy, I had learned that, you know, he has been physically removed from meetings. But this man told, said something that stuck with me and has, it continues to stick me to this day. And he told me, 
he said that I was the most important person in the room except for him. He told me that if I thought that if I have alcoholism as defined in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, that no group of individuals, Alcoholics Anonymous was not going to get me sober, that I had one hope. If you have this condition, you have one hope, and that is to find a power greater than yourself. No human power, no effective mental defense, nothing will be able to remove the obsession to drink from your life but, but, but a God. And the God can be of your understanding, and you're going to have to get down on your knees and ask a God and beg a God of your understanding or misunderstanding to remove the obsession to drink. And, you know, I, you know, people were offended. You could see people rolling their eyes and, you know, the fellowship. And, and you know what, for me, like I was so selfish, so self-centered, so fear-driven and, and, and behaved and like that person behaved. And I said, you know what, like, like I just related to, I related to that. And I, and I tried and I, and, you know, I had no relationship with a God in my understanding. I had no hope. If it was a problem, I was going to solve it. I had tremendous amount of faith in my ability to fix myself, but I was also, I had a tremendous amount of disappointment in myself because I could never muster up the ability to fix my problem. And I, I went home and I uh, humbly and sincerely began to prepare for this prayer, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I called my friend and I asked him, like, what, I don't know, how do I do this? Like, how is the God, if there even is a God, how is he going to keep me from taking a drink? Like, is he going to put a barrier up in front of my face? Like, I just, I just couldn't relate. And he said, you know what? You don't even have to. You don't even worry about that right now. You can, you can pray in disbelief and a loving and merciful God remove the obsession to drink. And that's what I did. And, you know, for whatever reason, whatever happened, the, the, the merciless obsession to drink at that point in time was removed. And, and, I, and it was enough for me. Like, like I, I was just, I, I could not believe that I got up the next day and I just didn't feel it necessary. It's just like it was just removed. And I thought to myself, well, if that's what that could do, then working and incorporating these 12 steps into my life is going to be something that, I, that, I, uh, that I'm going to do wholeheartedly. And I did that. And, you know, I got a, I got a sponsor, uh, a real sponsor. We started reading the book and absorbing the book. And I'd go to, you know, AA meetings and I'd tell everybody what they needed to know about the book. And, you know, I'd listen to something clever that you said at one meeting. And I'd go to another meeting and I'd share what you said at that meeting. You know, like I, 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 I began doing what I thought was working the 12-step recovery program. And probably for four to five years, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, I, I, I did my, I did my, the, the first step, second step, did my turn my life and will over care God, I understand God. I did a, a fearless and thorough moral inventory. Um, and I did everything that you had, that I had to do to not pick up the first fatal drink. But I can tell you this with 100% certainty. I did my fourth step on a kitchen table in an apartment in Tennessee with a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken and a six pack of the sweetest organic soda you could ever possibly find. Because that process gave me so much fear, so much worry, so much concern, and made me feel so uncomfortable that I needed something and I couldn't drink, but I used something and I used food. And I, I, I wasn't aware 
I wasn't aware at the time that, that there was something biologically going on in my body that I had no control over. All I know is that I needed relief. I needed, I needed relief to look at those things, and I used food to get relief. You know, my four-step produced, uh, my four-step uh, gave me a body of uh, information that I took and shared with my sponsor and my God, and it came, a lot of the defects of character came to light, and I, and I uh, became willing to have those defects removed. I identified those defects. I, I uh, humbly asked the God of my understanding to remove them, and then, you know, I had a list of people I harmed from my four-step, and I did, I, I started making amends. You know, like I'm, I'm like, a, you know, in my mind, an AA superstar. But all the while, you know, I'm 30 pounds overweight. My blood pressure is, you know, 190 over 115. I'm driving around with an axe handle in my car. You know, like my, I, I, I am, I am as restless, irritable, and discontented as I was when I was drinking. But I was working this program. I was developing a relationship with my God, but I had no peace. I, I guess I had what resembled peace, you know. I didn't have the I didn't have the calamity that went along with my drinking and using of other substances, but I just I just didn't have uh, the peace of mind that that I that I enjoy today. You know, I don't think I'm just checking my time here. I don't think that uh, my experience, you know, or the way that I approached things was any different than, you know, a lot of people out there. I, I just, I, it just, it's, it's my experience. Um, you know, these food, you know, these, I, I'm bodily different. I, I guess what I wanted to, uh, what I'm going to get to uh, is to uh, what actually happened. Like I found myself at five years sober going to an alcoholic, I mean, going to overeaters and honors meeting because I was I was uh, humbled by what was going on with with food. Like I found I was using food just the way I used alcohol, and it was causing me uh, it was causing me ex- excessive discomfort and calamity in my life. Um, I would I would get disappointed at a breakup or something, and I you know I gained thirty pounds, and then I'd lose fifteen pounds, and you know it was it was a uh, it was just a struggle, you know, all these different diets, all these different things, sober, you know, and going to AA meetings, eating all the cookies, all the brownies, you know, all the things that they put out for you, you know, to, for, for comfort and welcoming. <clears throat> and so I went to OA and um, I went to OA. Uh, I joined, I, I, I joined a group not too far from where, from where I live. I met a guy in OA um, he told me, you know, he told me he was going to, he could be my sponsor and he was a great dude. He was just like, he was just a great guy. And, you know, I told him, I, I worked the 12 steps. I don't need the 12 steps. I need somebody to help me with my overeating. And, and he became, you know, he became my sponsor, but what we really became were buddies, right? Like he told me, he, he helped me find a meal plan that would work, right? Because really, all meal plans work, right? Like, like they, they, you know, you, 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 I don't, I don't know one that doesn't. Like, you, any diet, you can open up a magazine and get a diet; it's gonna work, you know. Um, you know, we talk every day, and I would talk about what's going on in my life. He give me, he give me suggestions and and things like that. But we never, we never worked 
the 12 steps. I never, I, I always treated like I, my opinion was, well, you know, I'll do this and I'll stick with this, but if it ever gets really, really difficult, I could always go back to eating. Cause after all, I'm an alcoholic, right? Like that's my, my, that's the problem. It was like my compulsive reading was like the little sister to this monster disease that lived inside of me. You know, I know today that like, I'm a compulsive overeater and the nothing else. Like I am, I have a physical reaction to substances that when they go in my body, I get the phenomena of craving. And once the phenomena of craving happens, no human power, no prayer, no hope, no nothing is going to stop the phenomena of craving from just making me continue to take stuff in. That could be alcohol. That could be sugar, flour, anything in volume, anything in quantity like that, that is just like, I have fully conceded to my innermost self that I have that condition and the delusion that I am like other people or I, I, that I was like other people has absolutely been smashed. I would, I would, and that's, that's where I am now. But at that point, like I would, I went to OA I would tell all the people in LA about what I knew about the big book and I would go on a diet. I would, I would, I would be abstinent for five days and I'd eat one day and then I'd come back and I'd say, well, it's imperfect, but it's okay. And I'm, you know, lose a bunch of weight. You know, I would probably lost 65 pounds and I'm running around, you know, doing all the things that somebody in their, you know, mid thirties is doing, you know, as a single man and running around and always lost a bunch of weight, telling everybody how great the program is. But I've never, I was never, ever abstinent. I was, I had respites. I had brief periods of, you know, diet, but I was never, ever abstinent. And I'm, and I am at that point in time, as restless, irritable, and discontented as I, as I ever was, I just wasn't fat. <laughs> you know, it, it was, I just, I just wasn't, uh, I just wasn't fat. And I would, um, eventually, you know, three days, you know, five or six days abstinent and one day eating became five days abstinent and two days eating and four days abstinent and then three days eating. And little by little, you know, over the course of 10 short years, um, all that weight came back, you know, I'd have for, for 10, you know, in, in the, in the 10 year period of time, I got married, I had kids, I, you know, remained sober and my life is completely unmanageable because the way that I'm managing it is through substances rather than relationships and, and connection with the God of my understanding. I'm doing all the work. I'm doing all the things, but I'm not, I, I'm, I'm getting no relief. The only relief that I'm getting is by, you know, at the end of the day or in the middle of the day when things get difficult is going in and reaching for a bag of some kind of substance that that uh, that is going to put me out of my misery. That's going to that's going to lead put me into what I would call a food coma, and I would get relief. You know, I I uh, I, I admired and I respected that man. He was he was he was a great friend, and he did everything he could, but he wasn't recovered, and. Um, I'm not sure if he is or he isn't right now. He's a great man, but I, I put a lot of I put a lot of uh, weight into that relationship, and uh, it just didn't it just didn't provide the long term uh, results that I was that I was seeking. And 
the peace of mind and the comfort and serenity that I know can come from working this program. I can tell you this, though. You know, my experience with the 12 steps are that I definitely, you know, we, we read a lot. And I'm just going to – I don't like doing this on this meeting because everybody, you know, knows what page everything's on and everything else. So, I, I, you know, I was going to say that the, the promises, you know, the nine-step promises – and I hear a lot of people talk about right now in, uh, we're talking, we're, we're in the book on uh, the third and fourth step. Let me just get my composure for a minute. Um, I, 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 I could say that I could say that I, I definitely experienced the ninth step promises and the ninth step promises and everybody knows them, but, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. I, I was amazed. I was amazed at, at what life um, was like at the point at that point in time. I knew a new freedom and a new happiness. I didn't regret anything that I had gone through or wish to shut the door on it. And I definitely comprehended the word serenity. I wasn't serene in any way, shape, or form. And I knew peace, like I knew that there was peace out there. I just wasn't peaceful. You know, I don't know if anybody could relate to that. Um, My, my, um, my engagement in the fellowship, you know, made me feel like I had some usefulness. I was, I was helpful to other people. I sponsored other people in AA. I sponsored people in OA. I don't know if I was very helpful or anything like that. I didn't really lose interest in selfish things, you know. I did gain some interest in my fellows, my self-seeking. It was slipping away, but I was still very much self-seeking. And my whole attitude and outlook upon life didn't really change. Um, I had tremendous fear. I still still had, you know, fear. I I had less fear, but I was still fearful of people and of economic insecurity. And uh, I think I was starting to be able to handle situations that used to baffle me, but I still had a lot of trouble with, uh, with, with, um, with relations with other people and relating in, in my social life and, and work and things like that. And, you know, I just was, I was just got to the point and, you know, as uh, I'm just going to fast forward up to May of uh, last year, I just got to the point that I just started thinking to myself, there's something wrong. It, it, like, how could I be doing so well and feeling so badly? You know, I'm, 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 I can't, I can't keep the food down. I can't, uh, I, I, I can't drink. I mean, I just, there's, 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 but I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be some other way. Now I started, I, I, I didn't want to go back to Overeaters Anonymous. I, I just, I, I, like the thought of going back to Overeaters Anonymous was just something that I just wasn't, I, I wasn't ready to do. And, you know, I started going to other, you know, other, I guess, parts of Reasonance, like, you know, diff- different, different 12 step groups, that, that just a different approach. And nothing, nothing was working. I'm feeling just absolutely horrible. And I started dying. I said, you know, what? I looked online and I said, you know, here, you know, maybe an online meeting would work. So I started dialing in and listening to a vision for you every once in a while. And I, you know, I, the, the, the approach to recovery seemed to be, I guess, in my, you know, humble estimation, sound and effective. And I, I uh, you know, I started listening and, and, and I started doing something that I did a very long time ago. I started praying for the willingness to be willing to go to any lengths for victory over this thing. And I just felt so miserable and so unhappy. And like, there's definitely something wrong that I just started praying for willingness. 
and I listened to a vision for you and, you know, just so happened on one Sunday, uh, I listened to a special edition. I didn't really, I listened to a lot of recorded special editions, but I just, at this point in time, I listened to uh, this special edition and on that special edition, I heard somebody that, that was, that was describing their experience. And I said, well, I'm just going to give this a try. And I was, I wanted to ask a question at the end, but I didn't want anybody to know it was me asking a question. So I gave myself a, uh, I, I lied and said, my name was Steve and that I'm a compulsive reader. And I just asked, how do you start? How do you start? And, you know, and, and just in humble, uh, as humbly and as I possibly could be, could. And the person who was giving the talk just said, just call me, just, you know, just give me a call. And I was like, God damn it. I wanted a response. I want somebody to answer my question. Just tell it in front of everybody how you started. And uh, I went on, you know, I went on my merry way. And, and uh, for whatever reason, a few days later, I had, I had the food down there, but I knew, but I just knew that I was, I was going to start eating. It was just, I was, you know, it was just, it was just a period of not eating. And uh, I called her up and started talking and uh, explained to her my situation. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point in time, I'm sober for 20 years. I had just celebrated or I was soon to celebrate my 20 year AA anniversary um, and explained the situation. And I and I asked if she would sponsor me and uh, she uh, very humbly accepted and gave me some guidelines and some just suggestions and things to do. And this is a woman who, you know, I, you know, you say you normally would not mix. I don't know if this this person and I would ever have connected, but um, she 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 was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed. You know, um, she told me that I will recover. <laughs> I, I, like I never, it's like in 100% confidence, like you were, if you do this, if you work this, you will recover. And I said to myself, wow, that's, you know, pretty courageous, right? I'd probably use a different word, but that's pretty courageous. And she said, you are not going to relapse on me. And I was like, what? Do you realize who you're talking to? Like, you know, and I, you know, that, the confidence and the, like her message had depth and weight with me. She, she helped me put this disease into perspective and made me understand that this disease is my primary disease. Like this is, this is the, this is the thing that is going to kill me. Maybe quickly, maybe slowly. We, we got to a point in working the 12 step recovery program that she, she basically said, are you now, you know, you're, you're at a point, are you willing to merge your OA recovery with your AA recovery. And to me, I, you know, my, my, the fact that I did not drink was a significant, significant component to just every, all, everything in my being and me saying that, yes, I am willing to merge those together was to me significant. And, you know, I, I consider that I, I it, it was a very significant decision to make. And that was the decision when I, when I did that, I had decided, really decided to turn my life and my will over to the care of God as I understand God. You know, she helped me, she helped me um, do another inventory and work through um, my resentments, my fears, and my sexual conduct. And we did a fifth step together with Work This Program. The way it's clearly outlined in the book, you know, I... I um, 
there were some uh, ninth step amends and things that had to happen in my life uh, that, that had to be addressed. And I've addressed those and, and um, my life is transforming before my very eyes. You know, my whole, my whole attitude and outlook is changing. You know, I mentioned the, um, the ninth step promises. And like I said, I, I always think of those as they're like pretty, pretty vague, ambiguous references to how you could feel by working this program. But what has occurred for me is the step, the, the tenth step, the tenth step promises, where I have ceased fighting everything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We'll see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. This is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react as long as we keep in fit spiritual conditions. And I can say, I, 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 you know, for 20 years, I couldn't even tell you where that was in the book. You know, like I had, but to, to, to say that, you know, applying this and completely and totally surrendering my, I have been transformed. Like to, 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 I, I've never, I would never, uh, announce myself as recovered before. I always felt as though I was recovering because I never felt like I was better. I never felt that there was any improvement. And to, today I, you know, I stand before you a recovered man recovered from this condition. I know that, I have the, the physical component of this disease. I can never take any of those substances into my body in any way, shape, or form. I know that it's, I know that it's getting more serious as I, as I get older. It's not getting any better. Uh, you know, there, there, there may be things that, that I can eat today that I won't be able to eat next year or next week or the week after. I, I know that, that, that this is a progressive fatal illness. I also know that I'm never not going to have it. And I also know that, uh, that, that those substances can't get in my body unless I pick them up. You know, they only have power. I'm only powerless over them if they're in my body. You know, to me, I feel completely convinced that, that, that the, uh, if, if, if I eat, it's my decision. I, I, that is not that is not going to happen you know i have a relationship with the god of my understanding most importantly that that is that is keeping me uh sane with regard to the decision to take the first fatal bite um i got about four minutes left on my clock and i'm really kind of running out of things to say i i hope that i i have a sincere hope that some way, somehow, uh, maybe if there's somebody out there that uh, is struggling or can relate in any way to my experience and my story that I could be helpful. I mean, that's really, that's really my intention today. It, it's a, uh, it's humbling. 
uh, I'm very, very grateful, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Pete, for sharing your extraordinary transformation with us and sharing your experience, strength, and hope this morning. We appreciate your sincere desire to be helpful to all of us. Share ID for this morning's presentation, 11520. That's 11,520. Pete's contact information will be offered at the conclusion of this recording, so stay tuned for that. Right now, we're going to transition to a question-answer segment. You can pose a question by pressing star 1 to unmute. Please identify yourself, first name, first letter of your last name as well. Ginger C. Marcella M. Marcella M. Lucy from Maryland. Lucy. What's your last initial, Lucy? Uh, E. E. Julie. Julie, your initial, please. Oh, J. Julie J. Julie J. Ross M. Ross. Anyone else in this group? Okay. Everyone mute, please, except for Ginger C. Thanks. Can you hear me? I do. Okay, great. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service, Leah. Um, Pete, thank you so much for your wonderful share. And I'm just curious, at the end of it, you said, are you ready? I think your sponsor had asked you, are you ready, Pete? To merge, I believe, the alcohol and food together. Could you, what did she mean by that and what happened with that? Well, so thank you, Ginger, for your question. Um, I'm, you know, this is what, this is what I took it to mean, is that my, if I was to pick, if if I was to, from that point on, if I was to pick up my food, I could no longer consider myself sober. If I was to if I was to pick you know so so you know saying oh I'm sober for 20 years and I was to go to Burger King and have myself a Whopper I'm no longer so uh, I'm no longer uh, can can claim to be sober and and that was a that was a tall order you know I I, I held that out in the back of my mind like well if it ever gets so bad I could always go get a milkshake you know and and and, and that option had to be eliminated I had to I had to uh, completely smashed the idea that food was ever going to be a viable option, and it never will be. And I heard her on the I heard her on the list, so maybe she can elaborate on that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you, Ginger C. Marcella M. Your turn. Hi, Pete. Thank you Hi, for Marcella. your obvious serious commitment to this way of life. So I have a few questions. The first one is that if you have any extra weight to lose at the beginning of your process a year ago, if you lost it. Um, My other question is how long does it take to do the steps? How long did it take for you and your sponsor to work this thing? And also how do you guys, now that you're recovered, how do you, how often do you contact your sponsor and, and and how often do you do you talk to her, and what do you do when you talk to her? And thank you, Pete. Okay, so 
when I put the food down, I was I had about thirty five pounds to lose, and the uh, the weight came off uh, relatively quickly. I um, I am I don't have any more weight to lose. It would be it would probably be unhealthy if I lost any more weight. That took roughly eight months, six or eight months, I think. Um, the process started. The, the process for me started with uh, humbly getting quiet in a spot and identifying all of the all of the foods, the ingredients, the foods, and the compulsive behaviors that I that I uh, that I know are harmful to me. Um, I made that list and gave that to my sponsor, and we identified those things as as, uh, as my alcoholic ingredients that had to be 100% eliminated. And if they're not eliminated, then I'm yeah, I'm not sober. Um, it also involved schedule. Like I, I had a lot, a lot of, uh, gray area around when I ate and where I ate. Cause I have a lot of, I have a lot of control over my time. I never really, uh, I never really took the time to plan. I just, you know, ate when I thought it was lunchtime and ate when I thought it was dinner time. So, so that, so, so my, my commitment came, uh, or I had to come up with a commitment in terms of when I was going to eat and where I was going to eat. Uh, we talked a lot about, you know, what happens upon awakening for the, for the alcoholic that I had to think about the next 24 hours in advance. And for, for a compulsive reader, the next 24 hours is when you're going to eat and where you're going to eat, and what you're going to eat and how much you're going to eat. So, um, you know, identified those things and, uh, that became, that became kind of what I committed to, eh, not kind of what I commit to on a regular basis. And, I have uh, something that seems to work for us is that I, 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 uh, I have make that plan every morning and I communicate that plan to my sponsor every morning in the form of a audio text message. And it did, you know, like I said, it identifies, um, what time I'm going to eat, you know, like the range of time that I'm going to eat, the quantities of what I'm going to eat and where. I'm going to eat those things, and 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 I and I follow that uh, to the letter nearly every day. And you know, when I used to hear people describe that, I, I thought about how confining that sounded. But the freedom that that has provided for me is just indescribable. Like I, I you know, like I have I have no concern about. Um, any, anything anybody else is doing relative to food, I just have a plan for my eating that I adhere to, and it works out extremely well. And uh, and I think those were all of the questions, were they not? Pete, there was also, uh, how long did it take you through the step process, and how often do you speak to your sponsor? Uh, you know, it's, so every, well, speak, so we communicate via uh, this audio text message every day. We probably talk once every week or once every two weeks. Um, and we started working the steps immediately. You know, as soon as the food was down, um, we started working the steps immediately. How long it took to go through you know, this first year, because it, it, it has just been one year, um, I don't know the I don't remember the date where I can say I was recovered. I, I know that probably around, this was May, probably September, but 
I had um, been diagnosed with a number of ailments that uh, really kind of slowed things down. I, I they didn't slow things down. I mean, they they just got they just got in the way. They were they were they were some significant obstacles. I could contract. I had Lyme's disease, and I had a blood disorder. I had to get my blood drawn every week. It required me to have additional food because I was t- they were taking blood out of me every single week. So it seemed like there was just a lot of, you know, trials and tribulations and vacations in between there and all those things. But I, I, I uh, maintained contact. I maintained, you know, the uh, diligent work on the steps and incorporated them into my life. And I would say probably by September, I had, I had, uh, I had completed uh, my step work. Oh, I, I shouldn't say completed. I, I, you know, the, the steps have been effectively incorporated into my life. And, um, uh, have really kind of feeling uh, like on the other side of this thing as a recovered individual in uh, by by September. So May, June, July, August, September, five months. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Marcella, for the questions. That's Marcella M. Lucy E., your turn. Star one to unmute. Okay, here, I was talking to a muted phone. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you so much for your service. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. You know, I could relate to something you said. This sense of peace that that you're doing things, you're working the steps, you're doing everything, but yet you didn't have that peace. And I wonder if you could speak a little bit more, because in my mind, I think what I'm experiencing is that I'm looking for this perfection of peace. I've been, I don't use the word abstinence right now because I don't have this peace over food. I I have it sometimes, uh, but I'm very stressed around food. I I have been within a food plan since December and, and I'm working it, but, and I'm reading and doing step work, but the truth is I am not at peace around food. And so could you talk a little bit more about this peace? Because I think in my mind, I'm saying I have to have this perfection over it. And it's just not happening. And maybe I am at peace. I don't even know it. Yeah, right. How would you know, right? Like, I mean, compulsive reasons, how would we know? You know, that's, 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 uh, that's a really good question. And thank you for asking it. And uh, so, so, I'll tell you what wasn't peaceful, all right? First of all, you know, I'm, you know, as a sober individual, not drinking, I would go to a social engagement and, you know, the the only reason why I was there was for the buffet and the hors d'oeuvres. And I wouldn't, you know, I, I, it, it was just, it was just an anchor. It was like, so, like there, there was no question. Like I was here for the food. It was just it dictated every move that I made. I, I, you know, there were no social situations. I was either, if I was out socially, I was eating or I was in bed by myself, you know, like that was, that was just, that, that was it, you know, and it, 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 it either, it was, it was just, that was just the way things are, you know, now, so I was in a, I was in, I was on vacation with my family. My, I have three boys that are uh, under 12 and my wife and I, and I sat among all of them enjoying 
ice cream. And I, I wouldn't have, I could, I, it, it was almost as if they were needing nothing at all. I mean, like complete neutrality. It was like, it wasn't even there. I actually asked my wife to take a picture of me sitting with them. And I'm not, I, 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 I thought about sharing with some friends, but then I was afraid it was going to show that I was cocky because I don't want to be cocky. But the, the, I, I, the only thing I could, that I could say, the only thing I can relate to is that you, it, it, it's just a feeling of being neutral. I could, I, I, I'm not going to take it and I could leave it. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. And that's the, that's the only the, what I can describe, you know, get like getting to a, uh, there was, there was one point that I was traveling and I had, I, I had to, I found myself in a situation where I had to eat at a restaurant. And I weighed and measured the portion of the food that I was going to eat, but there was a significant amount that they served me that was above and beyond my portion. And I now I just asked them to take it back. I said, "This is what I'm having," and you know, if that if that happens. But I left it on the table. Not not for one second did I think I should have an extra bite of this. It was just it it you know the the only thing I the only description I could say is neutrality and that the the, the problem was removed or has been removed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll pray and wait for that because I I really thank God bless you uh, for sharing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Lucy E. Julie J. Your turn, star one to unmute. Hi, can you hear me? I do. Oh, great, thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you, Pete, so much for your story. It was very, very inspiring. I, it almost sounds like you said my story, actually. I have a lot of similarities with the AA many years and been in and out of um, other 12-step food programs, uh, just not complying, and it hit me this morning. One of the biggest things was the step work. Um, that's where the recovery comes, and then I'm trying to do all the food thing on my own all the time. But you said one thing that um, I was wondering. I know you called someone as a sponsor, but how in this program do you actually go get a sponsor? That is a really good question, Julie. You want to know something? Because I, you know, like I'm not stupid. I've been around. Yeah, like if you're telling me like my defense comes from a higher power, well, what do I need you for, right? What do I need you for? Here's, this is what I know. Me and God alone, me with God alone, I'm going to eat. If I'm with you, I'm with God, and then I have a chance. I know that. My sponsor told me you can't work this program. With, you, can, you, can't, you can't work the food without a sponsor. You can't work the food without a sponsor. You need to get one. They don't have to be the most qualified. They, don't have to, they have to be recovered. They have to be recovered, and, you have a ch- and I have a chance. And, and you know what? That, like, really what it came down to was asking, you know, can you help me? Can you help me? And that was the, that was the key. I know, I'm, I'm a firm believer. You know, I know, I know that the merciless obsession was removed. By a God of my by the God of my understanding, I know that without sponsorship uh, and good orderly direction, I'd be I'd be uh, I would not have uh, I would I, I would not be in the state that I'm in at this time. So if you don't have one, I I strongly suggest 
that you find one. You can't make a mistake. I, I can assure you that. Thank you. Thank you, Julie J. Russ M., your turn. Thanks, Leah. My man, Pete. How are you, buddy? Beautiful share. Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, a year ago when you reached out to me, man, that was one of the biggest blessings of my life. I just want to acknowledge that in front of our family here. And, uh, dude, when I hear you, when I hear your voice, when we talk or, you know, eat on the line, you know, I, I picture fearlessness, fearlessness. And I never really said that to you. But where did it come from? You know, where did that come from? That, you know, that, you know, you, you have such confidence. So many times I would talk with you and you would share certain things with me. And it's just, this is the way it is. That confidence and that fearlessness. So, where, dude, where's that come from? Where, like, I, I just need to learn. That's what, that's what I'm getting at. Love you, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Russ. I love you too. And, and yeah, like, you know, calling in like during the week, I heard you were, you were brand new when I first, uh, when I, when I first started calling the line and, and I would, I was just, just cool to get your number and connect with you. I, you know, I don't fear less is that, that, you know, that's the key word is it's, it's fear. It's not, it's not absence of fear. It's just, I fear less. And mm. you like, you know, I don't know. Somebody said one time I heard him say like, there's like, I know without a, without any doubt whatsoever that a power greater than myself removed the obsession from me. I like the, the, you, the, nobody Nobody could ever talk me out of that. No, nobody could scientifically disprove that. And, and I just, you know, that that that's 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 just the way it is. And I I just know that from the from my experience, from the bottom of my heart. And you know, like some people, you just did you, you can't, nobody could talk me into that either. If before I before I believed, and I just have, I just, you know, I I, I wholeheartedly believe that. You know, I have, I, I am getting the guidance and the inspiration and direction that I seek when I ask my God for it uh, in the morning upon awakening. And when I review at the end of the day, I just, I, I like, I, I, you know, so where does it come from? It comes from the God of my understanding. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I know that to be true. I know, I know a little bit about your relationship with the God of your understanding. And it just, it's just a matter, you know, for me, for me, what it just came down to is fearing less mm. and, 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 uh, you know, just, just, you know, that, that's all I can say. I'm just fear. I just fear less. I, I still feel fear. I still feel self-consciousness. I still feel all those things. I think they're all there for a purpose, mm-hmm. but I just fear less. Mm. Thanks, man. I'll catch Thank up you. with you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Russ. Who else has a question for Pete this morning? It's our one-time Margaret D. Margaret D. Allison E. Allison E. Marion H. Marion H. 
Perhaps this will be our final invitation for questions. Great opportunity. Star one to unmute. This is Margaret. May I be heard? One moment. Let me just see if anybody else wants okay, to Okay, sorry. No problem. Anyone else? Garrison M. I got Mary E. Mary C. Garrison G. G. Thank you for Garrison M. Aaron C. The last person. I'm sorry. Marion H. Got Aaron C. Aaron C. Got it. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Everyone mute. Margaret D., your turn. Thanks, Leah. Um, Pete, thank you so much, so much for your service and for for tackling this. It's pretty huge to, to me anyways to say, yeah, I'm going to talk for 30 minutes or whatever and, and just put yourself out there. Um, so um, one thing I want to thank you for is your consistency and and showing up over the length of time that you've been in program. And so actually, I guess I've got two two questions. Um, one is how do you, or maybe what, how, how um, what kept you in program? And in both your programs, all of your programs, any of, of, of your programs, um, or OA, and then the other question that uh, I really want to thank you for, this touches a very deep spot in me. I've been in program a long time, and um, I started working with a vision sponsor, and I've done a lot of four steps. With this particular four step that I'm doing now, I have my instructions, I know what to do, um, I'll sit down at the table to start writing, and it's just like, I can't do this. And I'll get up and start doing something else. And then 20 minutes later, I sit down, you know, I'm ready to start again, and I can't do it. And what I just heard you say is that God and I, you know, are a great team, but it takes three of us, me, you, and God, to, like, really work the steps and I feel a lot of shame about not being able to just sit down Margaret, and write out my four steps. I'm sorry. With that, I pass. so much. Formulate a question. You wanted to ask a second question. Is well, the second question is, so did you have help? What was it like for you to do your four step? Did you, you know, did you just sit down and go boom, 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 and it was done? Or was it difficult? Did it take you a long time? It's. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, Margaret, it does. And thank you. You know, it, it, it's, it's a good question. Like, you know, I, I'll tell you, what keeps me uh, involved, I guess, was the first one, right? So what keeps me a, a, attached or connected to uh, the recovery, 12-step recovery program is, just one minute, please. Um. You know, this, the, 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 the steps themselves have parts of them that indicate I have to be. 
I don't want to call it a, I don't want to call it a sense of obligation, but you know, the third step prayer definitely says that I, you know, when, when I say that prayer that I ask God to take away my difficulties, that victory over them will bear witness to others of thy will, thy love and thy way of life. You know, when, when in the, the uh, uh, part of the fears in my fear inventory, you know, when we, there's a prayer in there that says that we allow God to demonstrate through us how we can get through fear. Like, you know, my, my, it's, it's not necessarily a sense of obligation, but, but, but you know, it's, it's a deal, right? Like I, 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 I you know, the, the one thing that I know that the fellowship provides is examples, and on any given day, I could be a good example or a bad example, and 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 I choose to, uh, to try to be a good example, you know, and I try to uh, share enough about my challenges, and my and and overcoming them so that I can be an example. But most importantly, I I um, I, I stay involved and stay connected because it's the only real opportunity that I have aside from the most important or the more important in my home, my occupation and my affairs um, to, to, to be a good example of what this program, uh, of what having a relationship with God has done for me. So that's, that's that. My fourth step you know, it's not rocket science. You know, it's clearly written in the book. There are, I'm looking at my resentments, my fears, and my relations and sexual conduct with others. And then there, you know, there's parts of self. It, I, I, I found, you know, 20 years in AA and Joe and Charlie and all that other stuff that's out there. The stuff that this, the stuff that uh, I think Laurie has posted on his OA Big Book .net. I think it is. I'm not sure. Maybe you can get the, the reference. Good, good material, really helpful. That stuff I, you know, I, I've, I've since had sponsees in AA, and I send them. You know, these, 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 these seem pretty good, but it's, it's all pretty clear. You know, like we're, we're. I tell my, I tell the people that I work with, like we're not looking, we're not trying to invent something here. We're looking. It's a fact-finding, fact-facing operation. It shouldn't take weeks, months, or years. It's just, it's the facts. The whole rest of the program is designed to, if I don't get to it, the whole rest of the program is designed to help me get to it. So let's get to it and let's get past it so that we can hurry up and recover. Does that answer your question? Am I being heard? I hear you, Pete. Thank you, Margaret D. Appreciate it. I'm sorry, I couldn't get... Yes, it does. Thank you, Margaret. Allison E., your question, please. Start Hi, good it. morning. Hi, good morning. This is Allison E. from Long Island. How are you? <clears throat> Hi. So um, first, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I'm not sure. Um, you had mentioned that you have boys. So I have an 11-year-old who I really think has my disease, our disease. And I was just wondering if you could either give me some advice or, you know, I know we're not supposed to regret our past, but was there anything that maybe could have done, you know, while you were growing up or, you know, so I'm struggling a little bit with this. So I was wondering if you could just 
maybe, you know, give me some pointers. <laughs> well, thank you, Allison. Um, I'm not making light of I'm not making light of your question. I totally, totally understand it, right? I complete and I completely, you know, have you know, similar concerns, and I, I, it just makes me laugh because. You know, it took me 45 years for me to understand that I have it. What makes me think that I could recognize it in, you know, 10, 11, 12 short years of my child's life, right? Like, I had to be faced. There's no diet. You can't. I, I don't look, uh, you know, my number's in the directory or we'll share it afterwards. If somebody wants to tell me I'm wrong, I humbly accept it. But they're, they're, we're not in the diagnosing business. We, we don't have, we can, you know, people can be 400 pounds and not be compulsive overeaters. They could just, they, they, I, 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 I'm, I'm done, you know, like I've surrendered. That's up to them. You know, you're either faced with a self-imposed crisis you can no longer postpone or evade, or you're not, right? Like that's where the diagnosis comes. There's a couple questions that you can ask, that, that can be asked, the individual can ask themselves. But I don't think that we can't, you know, we can't diagnose somebody with this condition. It's something that, that has to be arrived at uh, individually. And it's, it's hard because, you know, there's, you know there's, there's something inside of me that tells me, well, I know better than them. They obviously have this condition. They, no, I have this condition. I have to treat me. The only thing that I, the only thing that looks like power that I have. It's not even power. It looks like it, but I have, ex I have the ability to be an example. And hopefully my kids will see um, something in me if, if unfortunately they come down with the conditions that I have. And that's the only thing that I can be. You know, I had to, I unfortunately had to take every single bite that I ever took and I had to drink every single drink that I had to drink, and I had to go through every experience that I had to go through in order to get to where I am today. And that's just the cold, hard truth that you know this that 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 this disease faces. You know, that's uh, that's my story there. Thank you, Allison. Well, thank you. Thanks, Marion H. Star one to unmute with your question, please. Yes, hi, this is Marion H. Thank you, Leah, so much for your uh, for your support and for your for your work every day. And thank you so much, Pete, for sharing. I, I related very much uh, to your share. Thank you for your sharing. Uh, I am struggling for a very long time uh, being abstinent and not being abstinent, being abstinent, not being abstinent. How can I stop that? That's my question. Well, first, thank you for sharing. And, and, and um, I don't think that there's anybody on this line who hasn't been where you are. Um, I never found that comforting, to be honest with you. But I'm saying it because maybe you will. You know, we, we've all been there. I am of the belief that for anybody out there that's struggling, this can be the last day. This can be it, right? Like the, you know, the, you know, abstinence, abstinence and recovery is attainable. 
And, you know, the, the, what, what I struggled with or the thing that, that was most difficult for me is I had the idea that I was in for a battle, that this is a fight. And, you know, for me, the fight's over and I lost. Food is undefeated and I cannot, and it's not, it, 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 I had the only thing, what I had to do and I continue to have to do is surrender and surrender for the for the for the person who's in this disease is probably the most difficult thing in the world to do and for me you know what it looked like i physically surrendered i physically on my knee i got on my knees and put my hands up and my head back and i let out a deep breath and i said i can't do this anymore please help me and i got help and, and help arrived you know that in, that inspiration i talked about the direction i talk about asking for it comes it came from me, and I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm certain it can come for you. And the the thing is, is that the fight's over, the fight is over, and we're you know we we're not eating, but we're you know I don't know if you can call it if we're on the if we're if we're the victors or not. All I know is that any battle I ever tried to have with food and substances, I never won. And 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 uh, so I guess by definition that calls me that that means I'm the loser. But guess what? It, you know, on lost. I, I live a life beyond my wildest dreams. Like I said, like the, you know, this is, you know, it's indescribable. I heard, I heard people on the line. You know, you talk about multiple years of, you know, not even a Snickers bar. Are you kidding me? Seriously? Not, you know. It was, it was, it was unbelievable, and I just couldn't even, didn't even know that that a life like this could exist, and. The only thing that, that, that put it in motion is the um, unconditional surrender. And I wish, and, 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 and like I said, you can, uh, you can do this. I, I, you, can, you can absolutely, today could be the last day. And you never have to feel like this again. Thank you, Marianne H., for your question. Was there a Mary G.? Not sure on that name. Star one, if there's a Mary G. Perhaps not. Garrison M, your turn. Hi, this is Garrison M in Maryland. Um, can you hear me okay? I hear you yeah. great. Oh, good. Okay. Thank you guys both so much for your service. I love hearing your voices. Um, and um, Pete, I just... I'm, uh, I've been in AA a long time, too, and um, this food thing is so, so much harder because it does go way back um, uh, for, the, for the alcohol. Um, and um, I guess, you know, where I am, I work, well, I'll just ask my question. Um, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to sort of get in the groove with uh, step three and just like making that agreement that you talked about, like that deal. That um, and so I just wonder if you could talk a little bit more about how um, how like the first three steps continue to like solidify your um, your attitude or your position that you take with your higher power. Um, you know, on an ongoing basis. Is that clear? 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're. If uh, I just rephrase your question, you're you're curious as to how. Oh, my my view on the first three steps and how they have impacted my recovery. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just I'm so nervous because I've relapsed so many times, and I'm just like I'm at step three, and again, um, and I just I'm like I'm I just I'm I'm afraid that I'm going to eat again, and I and I don't. And I'm hoping that this sort of new realization that I'm having that, like, you know, this is an agreement. Like, I have to agree that I'm going to go to any lengths. I have to agree that, you know, um, well, basically that, like, am I going to go to any lengths? Um, that's been sort of helping me stay abstinent, um, just sort of remembering that. And I, I don't have a close relationship with a higher power. Like, I'm still kind of confused. I still... I'm just kind of going forward because I do believe in God. Um, so I guess, yeah, I mean, the question is, like, can can I can I think that thought of just, like, am I going to any lengths? Um, am I doing God's will and, like, stay absent, like, on that? Or do I have to have, like, a deeper relationship with God, like, now before I go forward, I guess? Okay. So, Garrison, thank you for the question. Um, the first thing that came to mind, and I'm just going from from my mind, is that this this is a one day at a time program, right? That one day at a time, I'm staying abstinent, I'm staying recovered for the rest of my life, but it's one day at a time, right? So I don't have to worry about what my relationship's going to look like, or what I'm going to do next week, or tomorrow, or the next day, or the next day. I'm going to worry about this day. This is the only one I have. And I am powerless. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I have the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, right? And, that, and, and, and I know for a fact that any thought, any idea that I have, that somehow I don't have that, and maybe it's okay to get a pint of Ben and Jerry's today because it's Wednesday and that's just, the, you know, it's just going to give me relief. Like, I, I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to ask the God of my understanding I don't know if I have a good relationship with God or not, but I'm going to ask this power in disbelief and I'm going to trust that the power that I need is going to be given, you know, that, 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 that the, the strength and the courage I need to get through this day is going to be given, you know, and, and, and I, I, that already, that already kind of rolls into the second step is that I'm willing to believe that that power is there. I, you know, power restored all you other people to sanity. Why can't it restore me to sanity? Like what's wrong with me? I, I, I don't know. And, and if he can, then I'm going to, then I'm going to turn my life a little care to over to the care of that power. And I'm going to be the best example that I could possibly be today. If I wake up tomorrow and I'm still in the same condition, I'm going to do the best I can to get out of it tomorrow. What I found the best way to do that, the, the most effective way to do that, if I'm having any kind of recurrence or thoughts like that is to, is to immerse myself in trying to be helpful to somebody else. And it, great if it could be somebody in, you know, a vision for you or Overeaters Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous or just somebody in general who I could just be of service to the God of my understanding. And, you know, like, you know, there's, it, it, there's no, it's no pixie dust and, and, and magic. It, it's just that that's what it is. And we get through the day. And then, you know, if we're, by God's grace and mercy, we get through this day, we can get through the next day and the next day. And that's really all we got. You know, it's really all we have. 
my hopefully, hopefully these experiences that we go through will be helpful to somebody else and they could be utilized. You know, because, you know, in some instances, you know, that's all we have is our experience. Maybe sometime might be our only, our only asset is our experience. And it has to be utilized. And, and if we utilize it, I think the, uh, you know, the benefit or the payoff is that we don't have to, uh, we don't have to hurt ourselves and we don't have to hurt others. Thank you, Garrison M., for the question. And our final question for this morning comes from Aaron C., star one to unmute Aaron C. Good morning. This is Aaron C. I'm calling from California. We hear you. Okay, thanks. Um, thanks so much for your share, Pete. I, um, I have just started doing 90 meetings in 90 days, and... Um, I'm also a member of other programs, and often I hear people talk about recovery in the sense that they're in recovery or they're recovering, but I've been struck by um, hearing people say that they're recovered. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure, Erin. Um, you know, I, I'll go back to saying, you know, that, that, you know, to me, it relates back to the 10 step promises. You know, I've ceased fighting everybody or anything and the, the, that the problem has been removed. I'm paraphrasing, but that I'm in a position of neutrality with regard to these alcoholic substances. And you know, and those alcoholic substances for me are the list of the ingredients and foods and behaviors that are problematic for me that cause the phenomena of craving and, and, and make me consume more of them than what is, you know, healthy or appropriate. Uh, you know, like I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any other way to describe um, recovered than that. I can tell you this, like, that, you know, in the, in the 20 years that I was in AA, Recovered. I would not. I would not describe and, and and remain in AA. I would not describe my state as recovered. I I describe it as recovering because I was still. I I still the bedevilments. You know my relations with other people, my my experiences on the job. I promoted discord. I was I was. Um, What else can I say? It just, I, you know, I was recovering. I was getting better. I was learning from mistakes. In many instances, I was making the same mistakes over and over again, you know, and, and uh, I could just say today that, you know, today, right now, this day, that is not, that, that has been removed. The problem has been removed. And, and you know, that's, that's my description. I, I you know, I'm going to keep my ears peeled and I'm going to hear, maybe I'll, maybe I'll hear somebody else's description of it and I can relate to that and be able to describe it better. But for me right now, this day, this is, that, that is my, uh, that is my feeling of recovery. That is my, that is my sense of being in a recovered state. I wrote down before I started uh, on my, on my whiteboard, I, I list on my whiteboard. It says it has my, the day I started, it has my current uh, blood makeup. <laughs> it has the the uh, the dates of my uh, my friends, my co-fellows that I work with that are that where they have uh, connected with me, and it has be you, let go, and trust God. And like I have, I can honestly say, like I showed up 
for a lot of years as somebody else, as some imposter, somebody that somebody that I thought you wanted me to be. And I and you know, I have the I have the the courage and the ability to be me, who I am today. And that and that and that to me is an element of uh, my recovered state. Thank you, Aaron C for the question. Of course, thank you, Pete, for your time this morning and for sharing such a powerful story of hope and possibility. Thank you so much. The presentation share ID, 11520, that's 11,520. We're going to close from page 164. It's from a chapter entitled A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.